I'm Shauna. I'm Andrea. And this is Criminal Colorado. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. So we just finished recording our last episode before Christmas, and this is the last one before the new year. And I think we're all going to be really glad to say goodbye to 2020. Yes. And pretending that we've already passed Christmas, I'm going to say that shockingly my life turned into like a hallmark christmas movie some (laughs) random handsome dude that was like a wall street banker just came to fountain colorado looking to settle down when that happens i know and oddly enough he looks like a younger george clooney love it and we're gonna start a candle factory and (laughs) (laughs) life is great yeah and I mean, you guys have a whole song devoted to your, to your romance, which is nice. Yeah. What, wait, what song? I don't know. I never watched those movies. Don't you guys, don't those oh. always have like a song? Probably. I don't even know. I, all I, I know legitimately have never seen one. I like them because they're pretty formula and I know it's going to be a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it. legitimately have never seen one. I like them. All the commercials are the same. So like, he left his Wall Street profession in search of something simpler. Because after his mom died, he moved back to this small town or something. And we both reached for the same gas pump at Loaf and Jug and sparks (laughs) flew. (laughs) And then the gas station exploded. (laughs) So, yeah. Hope everybody had a Christmas as good as mine. Definitely. Definitely. Um, it, I'm going to pretend we're past that too. And that um, our Christmas was magical and we got this glorious snow and, you know, glitter bouncing off of everywhere. And, you know, my house was perfectly yes. clean and dusted. And yes. Yeah. That's what happened for my Christmas. I think that sounds wonderful. So I have to ask you, we're going to weigh in on the debate. All right. Die Hard. Totally Christmas movie. movie. Same. Yes. That's one of our, that's one of our yearly movies. We watch Die Hard. We watch um, Krampus. We watch um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation because. Yeah. We watch A Christmas Story and Elf. Um, Um, We watched A Christmas Story this year, but nobody really liked it that much. I love it. One of my favorites, though, um, and I don't hear people talk about it very much. It's it's probably 10 years old, and it's called Love at the Christmas Table, and I love it. It's on Amazon Prime. I've never heard of it. It's just a little sweet one. We watched Black Christmas the other night, and it's like a slasher movie. 
I haven't seen that. It's so they just wanting violence in it is pretty fun, but um, the plot real thin. I think it came out like last year or something, and the plot is so so thin. <laughs> like you can see through it. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean, for my family, that's more of where we land for Christmas movies. Although my daughter likes um, Home Alone and they both want to watch the animated Grinch that just came out. Oh yeah. I forgot there was another one that came out. I tried to watch Elf once and it just irritated me. (laughs) I love it. Do you? I just like, and I'm sure everybody or not everybody, but a lot of people listening are like, what? Even. I, I think a lot of people probably agree with you too, though, because I, I do hear that, that some people don't like it. I love well, it. So I'm not, Will Ferrell, if you're listening, I'm sure you're a lovely person, but he's just not my favorite actor. And like, but I had to say if he's listening because I'm like a hundred percent sure he's not, but you know, I don't want to hurt <laughs> anybody's feelings, <laughs> but Yeah. But yes, definitely Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I heard another, um, a new twist on that debate, um, the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, so somebody said they were, to her, their Christmas movie. She's like, I know they have nothing about Christmas in them, but it's snowy, it's cold. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to watch it every year, the whole trilogy every year at Christmas because it feels like Christmas to me. I was like, that's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. I, uh, Dodge came up to me yesterday and he said that there's a new one um jurassic world he said some people are saying it's a christmas movie because like it first starts out that they go to jurassic world as a christmas gift oh okay i have not seen jurassic world honestly i think he's just saying that so we can watch jurassic world again (laughs) Whatever works. I know. I mean, so, okay, we, now, we could settle the other debate. Right now, we're going to be super controversial. Pineapple. Does yes. it belong on pizza? Yes. Agreed. Yay. Yay. I knew where you were going as soon as you said pineapple. <laughs> yeah. So yes. we're getting pretty controversial, guys. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and honestly, though, about Die Hard, I'd watch anything with Alan Rickman in it. Like, yeah, times. I like the thing that's going around right now. It's a meme. It's like um, if you watch um, Die Hard after you watch Love Actually, Alan Rickman will pay for hurting Emma Thompson <laughs> in the- so yeah, so they say watch Love Actually first when you're super mad at him, and then watch Die Hard and you'll feel like justice was served. <laughs> I've never seen Love Actually. It's good. It's um, it's one of those ensemble movies. So there's like all these different little stories happening, and then they all kind of tie together. And <clears throat> like, I don't think it's a major spoiler, but um, he's married to Emma Thompson's character in it, and she sees this um, this beautiful necklace that she thinks he bought for her for Christmas that he's put away. Well, he didn't buy it for her. 
Uh, he bought it for somebody else. Man. And she's devastated. Yeah. 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 And they're both in Harry Potter. Yes. But I think I think almost everybody in England was in Harry Potter at some point. Right. I know. Especially well, all the amazing actors in that generation for sure. I yeah. Well, um, when I saw the Downton Abbey movie, Scott took me to the opening. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm that girl. Um, so the lady that plays Dolores Umbridge, Imelda Stanton, is in Downton Abbey. Oh. She's like not at all like Dolores Umbridge, but the whole time. You're like mad dog in her character. The only, yeah, the, I could not see her in Downton Abbey. I could only, yeah, I'm like side eyeing her the whole time because I'm like, mm. yeah, I get that. So. <laughs> well, shall we get on with yes. this story? So I want you guys to know that I had spent a really long time researching a different story that didn't pan out. It was on the mafia in Colorado and there's just too much to narrow it down to like one podcast or one episode. Like, I feel like you could do an entire podcast just devoted to it. So kind of, I mean, not last minute, last minute, but I found this story and it's kind of amazing. And so I wrote it in a frenzy because, you know, I had spent an obscene amount of time trying to do the other one that didn't work out. But it's actually, it's really amazing. So I'm excited to tell you about it. I can't we're, wait to hear it. We're going to be talking about Alfred Edwin Beelharts. And um, to my German friends, I'm sure I messed that up and I'm sorry. So Alfred was born sometime uh, in 1933-34. So as I went back to try and do research, I couldn't find his actual date of birth. And I know his dad's name was William, but I don't know his mom's name because like so many other women at that time, they refer to her as Mrs. William Beelharts. So the a lot of times I find the pre-World War II stuff, the information to be a lot more um, just not sketchy. What am I trying to say? It's more like sparse. Yeah. Because we didn't, I mean, it wasn't, news didn't really go nationwide, let alone worldwide. Um, so it was a, just a different time. He was four years old when he disappeared. Um, so this happened 82 years ago. Now, Alfred was part of a big family. There were 10 kids total. He was the baby. And by all reports, they were just a happy, healthy, normal, if not large family. They were just, it was, they were just the Beelharts as they were, they were just a fun, loving, friendly family. 
for the 4th of July weekend, they decided to go from Denver where they lived to, I keep doing stories on Rocky Mountain National Park. I don't know. I think, I think I might be obsessed. So next, next story, I'm going to do somewhere not <laughs> National Park, but that's where they decided to go because 4th of July that year was on a Monday. So they decided to go out camping for the long weekend and just enjoy their time. And actually we always go camping over that weekend too, partly because um, I've told you before, my daughter has autism. And so um, loud noises drive her mad. So if you go to a national park, or a state park, they don't allow fireworks. So it's fun, but not loud. Like it's a great time. Also, I I love camping. Me too. I love camping. They camped at Fall River and Fall River runs adjacent to Estes Park. So they were camping. Now there's differing accounts of what happened. I'm going to give you both of them. The first account is that William, Alfred's father, and two friends with whom they were camping, Oren Bronson and Walter Hansen, decided to freshen up at the river. So they went about 500 feet from the camp and freshened up. William finished first, and so he was headed back to camp. And Alfred sort of was hanging out with Oren and Walter. And then he trailed them back to camp. The other story is that the whole Beelhart's family had decided to go on a short hike um, along the river. And Alfred was at the back of the pack. And if it happened that way, then it's also reported that the mom looked back and checked on him often. If Alfred went with Oren and Walter, it's unclear how often they checked back on him. And I'm going to make a generalization here, but understand, I know it's a generalization that probably the two men wouldn't have checked on him with the same frequency that his mom did. But I mean, not saying men are irresponsible or anything, just, you know, they're not the mom. Yeah, I do think it's a little different. Both scenarios are really pretty much reported with equal frequency. Although when I looked in the FBI files, I did find one government document, but it wasn't even like official. Like it wasn't a memo or anything. It was just one report that said that he was with the two men. So, and because... That's when he disappeared. That's where I would probably land if I had to pick one. Um, but like I said, they're both recorded reported with equal frequency. So it's like I don't know. I know what I believe, which is right. He was with both kid or both guys, but I don't have I don't have any information on which it was. Whoever he was with. When they got back to camp, they noticed that Alfred was missing. Worst nightmare. Oh, yeah. It was about 8 a.m. at that point. 
Now, there were more than 12 people at camp because remember, you know, we have Oren and Walter, we have the two parents, we have nine other kids, plus I think Oren and Walter had family that were camping with them as well. So there was a huge, huge crew. And so searching wise, they were able to cover a lot of distance. They were, I mean, they had gone 500 feet away to clean up, but it's not really that far, especially when you have like a ton of people looking. Plus on four-year-old little legs, like how far could he get really? Yeah. The water part always freaks me out. Like when uh, my kids were little and we would camp near water, like just walking around and like playing and stuff, they had to have life jackets on. I mean, I know this is a long time ago and that wasn't. No, I'm the same way. It always. Yeah. And Dodge was a runner. Like if you took a for half a second. So we had this little backpack. It was a monkey and it had a really, really long tail. So you could hold the tail. And so, I mean, I did it. Yeah. I'm just going to own it. I did it. But at four years old, I mean, there's only so far he could have gotten. Right. Yeah. Um, and they were, they all searched, but not a tostada. So they contacted the fall ranger, fall river ranger station and the uh, ranger that they were in contact with, his name is Ranger Muma. And I included his name because his name is Muma. <laughs> I mean, Ranger Muma was super resourceful. Within 45 minutes, there were over a hundred CCC workers at the site searching for Alfred. Oh, wow. So for people who maybe don't know, um, the CCC stood for Civilian Conservation Corps. During the depression, um, FDR, Franklin Roosevelt put together the CCC and other organizations to provide young men with jobs. And I actually think there were some programs that were set up for young women as well, but don't quote me on that. There were approximately 250,000 members of the CCC nationwide. And I found this little nugget of information that I found was, I thought was really amazing. Um, in the duration of the CCC, they planted more than 4 million trees. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, they made a dollar a day, but they also got food, clothing, shelter, and transportation. Usually, the men sent about $25 of their monthly salary home to their families, and it wasn't a lot of money. But because of the depression, the average yearly income in 1935 was around $450. So what they were getting was a pretty substantial amount. Yeah. Now, the CCC in Colorado built Red Rocks Amphitheater. I didn't That's know amazing. That. I it's didn't either. It's the best outdoor venue to ever hear a concert in, ever. And if anybody disagrees, they can fight me. (laughs) Um, They also built Rampart Range Road, the summit of which is the highest point in Garden of the Gods. 
The crew that was working at Rocky Mountain National Park was primarily removing trees killed by pine beetles. And so some people may not know, but it's important that those trees are removed because they just wind up being matchsticks. Yes. And so like the I mean, so you'll drive through and you'll see like hundreds and thousands of of these bare dead trees because of pine beetles and all they are fodder for fire. They have to be routinely removed. And that's what the CCC was doing. Now Ranger Muma immediately thought Alfred had drowned in the river, but his parents were 100% convinced that there was no way he could have drowned. It had to be foul, foul play, which at first blush sounds kind of suspicious to me. But the way it was lined up, so they were on a trail, and then there was a um, like a little bit of land beside them, and then it went down into the river. So it's not like it was just trail then river. Do you know what right. I mean? Mm -hmm. There was like a so I kind of understand where they were coming from. Like he wouldn't have just fallen off the trail and into the river. But they were 100% convinced for the whole time that he had been abducted. And this story jumps around a little bit and the witness reports are nothing less than bizarre. But we're going to talk about real quick, that same day, William Eels and his wife were from Denver, and they were hiking, and they were um, hiking Mount Chapin, and at about 1 p.m., and again, his wife's name is Mrs. William Eels. I have no idea what her name was. They took a rest at 1 p.m. because they were wiped out. And they were just below an area known as Devil's Nest, which is six miles west of where Alfred had disappeared. And they heard a shrill noise and they looked up and saw a little boy peeking over the, the summit looking at them. And then it seemed like he just got yanked backward. So they hiked up to where they had seen him and there was no sign of him at all. Like it was just like nobody had ever been there. So they went back to their car and turned on the radio and they were hearing the news of the disappearance. And when they got home, they saw the newspaper and saw a picture of Alfred. So they drove all the way back to Rocky Mountain National Park to tell Ranger Muma and the other Rangers what they had seen. By that time, several hours had passed because it's not like you could just look at your phone and know what had happened. Several searchers were dispatched to Devil's Nest, but I mean, there was no trace when the eels or eels were up there and there was certainly no trace. That's so time. creepy. Yeah. So Monday, July 4th, 
the Rangers, the family, the CCC, and others continued to search. And the CCC members, there were more of them than were there the day before. And bloodhounds were brought in from the Colorado State Prison to help find Alfred. Now here's what's weird. And you're gonna hear me saying that a lot about this one, <laughs> is that bloodhounds started, or they had the bloodhounds start at the place where Alfred was last definitively seen. And so downhill is toward the camp, but then uphill is just uphill. The bloodhounds traced uphill for several feet, and then they came to a fork in the trail and just laid down. Like that huh. was what they had. And all they did was just lay there, which it's just a super weird reaction because that's not, first of all, it's not standard behavior. Plus those little legs wouldn't have carried him all the way up that trail in the short amount of time it took them to start heading back because you know, like that mama was running full speed. I'm sure. Now on Tuesday, July 5th, a dam was constructed and Fall River was diverted. And a large net was put at the end of the river to catch anything that went by. But previous to that, there were five large beaver dams in that area of the river. And, you know, beaver dams, they sort of block the area. Yeah. So they take up a lot of space. Sometimes they, and so it's hard for anything to really go by. That's why around beaver dams, you'll see more trash because the water can't just freely pass through, right? It gets blocked up. So legitimately, it would have been really, really hard for him to float all the way down there. Yeah. Not impossible, but it would have been difficult. So the searchers were searching the area, the river area. And because the river had been diverted, they were able to see a lot more. Plus they were using large pikes to search with, but nothing was ever found. A newspaper article at that time in the Greeley Daily Tribune said that the drowning was doubted. The, um, the quote from the article said, careful search of the drained roaring river all right, it's just a tongue twister. Roaring <laughs> River and dynamiting beaver dams convinced leaders of some 200 men that the small boy is in the timberland or timbered region, alive or dead. So they did not, a lot of people didn't believe that he drowned. According to a government memo, Ranger Muma filled a gunny sack with rags and stones to the approximate weight of Alfred and threw it into the river where Alfred disappeared and it quickly went down the river and washed off out of sight. However, the weight distribution is way different. Like 
I mean, it was the same weight, but it's kind of apples to oranges. Do you know what yeah. I mean? On July 8th, the FBI found a piece of soiled bandage in an abandoned cabin. And according to Alfred's mom, he had a small blister on his foot. And so his mom had used a piece of cloth to bandage it. And it was similar to the cloth found in the cabin. But I couldn't find a report of any results anywhere. So my assumption is that nothing of note was found because I feel like if it had, then something would have been reported. Yeah. But there was nothing. But there was something else that happened on the 8th. Just west of Ogallala, Nebraska, um, in a town of Big Springs, a woman spotted a boy walking with a man down the highway. When she got back to her house and read the paper, she was convinced it was Alfred. Like 100% knew for a fact it was Alfred. And she called her brother-in-law to tell him, who said, uh-huh. But like she would not let it go. She kept at it. Finally, two days later, she contacted a detective in Denver, Detective Fred Renavati, who contacted Ranger Muma. But even if this had happened, and it was investigated, but it was in Nebraska, two days later, on the side of a highway, like, I mean, there's just nothing really you can Right, do. what are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah. On July 11th, the search was officially called off, but pe- that was officially. People did continue to search, but just all was quiet until... November 27th. Oh. Someone knocked on Alfred's parents' door. And it was a guy in overalls with a messenger's cap. And he asks William, he goes, are you Alfred's father? William said, yes. The guy handed him a note and walked off. The note said, sorry for your son. We went west out of money. The boy doesn't take to us. We will return your son if you leave $500 in a can one block from your house and the note. We will return your son within 24 hours. The FBI determined that the note was a hoax. And I don't know why people do that. So, you know. It's the worst. The FBI said that at one point, they had two suspects in mind of who had sent the note, but they were never named and no char- charges were ever filed. So again, you don't know like if they really had any information or if it was faulty. Like, there's yeah. just zero. And Probably just opportunists because they... No parents would be desperate to get their child back. and Absolutely. And this yeah. is pre-World War II, so police investigation was a lot different. Yeah. 
after that, the case went cold, super cold. And it stayed open for a really long time. But he's been missing now for more than 82 years. And so the case was ultimately closed. But again, I looked and I couldn't find when it was closed. But I believe that those cases stay open a really, really long time. Yeah. And it's still listed on the Charlie Project. This quote is from the Charlie Project. It says, due to the passage of time since Alfred's disappearance, his case is no longer being investigated. He was never found. For people that don't know, the Charlie Project, charlieproject.org, is a clearinghouse for missing persons files. So that's where you go to find information about unsolved missing persons is, is the Charlie Project. Well, and he'd but, be 86 now. Yeah. Or 80. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean... The likelihood of him being alive is yeah, not great. I don't even think the likelihood back then of him being alive was that great. Yeah. Just the not knowing though, you know. Oh I my mean, gosh, it would be the worst. Yeah. So we're going to talk now about the theories. First of all, the theory was that he drowned. And most people think it's probably the most likely scenario it was certainly what Ranger Mumaw thought. He wrote a book published in 1963 called Reflections of a Ranger, and he detailed his experiment with a gunny sack full of rags and stones. And they did never find, they did never, derp, they never found the sack of stones and rags. So in that way, it was really similar. But again, the weight distribution would have been different like the whole thing would have been really different. So yeah. while it was a reasonable experiment and probably really useful, there would have definitely been a lot of differences. So I'm going to do theory 1B because they're both sort of outdoor related. It could have been an animal attack. Um Mountain lions are really prevalent in Rocky Mountain National Park. And when I looked it up, they attack by going for the head or neck. And with a little bitty person, that would have left very little time for Alfred to cry out. And they're super fast. Yeah. Wolves are in Rocky Mountain National Park, but everybody thinks that they attack people they don't really there are very few wolf attacks on people yeah however i mean there are always outliers but i think that they would have left more evidence but i'm not i would think so too and mountain lions like will stalk you like a, a wolf isn't gonna necessarily you know i mean like right. you said they're outliers but yeah so um i mean i guess other animals large eagles attack beavers i don't know but i mean i would say if it's if it were an animal my thought would be like a mountain lion yeah and honestly i think it didn't get a lot of play but i do think that that's a fairly i would think that that would be a pretty 
reasonable theory. Especially if he was at the back of like, uh, I don't know, like my aunt and uncle, they camp a lot too. And um, just a few years ago when they were at Glacier National Park, which is somewhere, they live fairly close to there. So it's a favorite. Like they go there a lot. Um, That's in my, right? Yeah. Part of it's in Montana, part of it's in Canada. And it's beautiful. Um, But my aunt was walking behind my uncle and she had their um, dog on a leash. And my uncle turned around to say something to her. And there was a mountain lion not far from her, like stalking her. And the dog didn't even know. So, Yeah. yeah. Well, and they blend. They do. And they will like, I mean, I know it sounds dramatic when I say they'll stalk you, but it's not like a bear where you just cross paths and like, oh no, and something could happen. It's like, no, a mountain lion sees you and is like, I'm going to get that. (laughs) And usually at least once a summer, there's a notice that goes out for people, especially on the West side of Springs that you shouldn't have, you know, your small dogs or cats out or even big dogs really being out there because there's been mountain lion scene and though yeah i mean like i i think that that idea should have gotten more play but but there would have been no way to prove it i tend to think like the the drowning thing sticks out to me the most but if it was an animal i'm with you it was i would think a mountain lion yeah okay theory number two is that he was kidnapped by one or more people now I do think that this theory has some merit as well because the bandage, apparently the fabric that was found was a similar appearance to the fabric that his mom used on his foot. But we don't know what happened to the bandage or the results from the testing. I mean, this was pre-World War II, so testing was super limited. And all they'd be able to tell is like blood type anyway. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I don't know how much investigation was done inside the abandoned cabin to see if people had recently been there or not. Plus, if there was any evidence of a little one there. As a mom, I can tell you that you can't have a four-year-old anywhere very long without leaving some kind of trail. Yeah. Well, and I mean, stranger abductions do happen. We all know that. But the percentages of that happening to someone is really small. Even Even though we hear about it a lot and it sounds like at every corner, like it could happen. It's really, really rare. And to have... So many people, I mean, I'm not saying that that didn't happen, but just the odds and then having other people around and getting away with it. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, and there were witness reports, but the witness sightings were so bizarre. Yeah. Um, And I don't know, considering that they moved from Colorado to Nebraska in a couple days without being seen, I don't know. I don't know yeah. about that. A lot of people make these witness reports just because they want their 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also sometimes maybe somebody really does think that, you know, yeah. like, oh my gosh, you know? So, I mean, I guess it's good that they reported, but I also think, I mean, I guess a lot could have played into that, but so a couple of days later, she thinks she sees them and then she waits two more days. Like, what's that about? 
Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be that it's the thirties and that her brother-in-law is a man who must inherently be smarter than her. And so, well, she she's just like, a hysterical woman. Right. So, I mean, that could be why the delay, but I feel like if you saw that and you really felt like that was that kid, you were walking down the highway. You, I mean, it's now or never. Yeah. Right. Not two days later. Right. Yeah. I will say that the searchers, uh, the people who searched for days and weeks following Alfred's disappearance were convinced that he was no longer in the park because, and, and again, they never found a trace of him. And I do think that, I mean, because they were the people who had boots on the ground, they probably had better insight of what was going on Yeah, you know, more than we do maybe. But again, we have no idea now. Some people point to the paranormal. So ghosts, goblins, witches, UFOs, poltergeists, you know, all the things. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, those people saying they saw him on the mountain and he was like drunk back, uh, that would freak me out. <laughs> but Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't tend to believe that either, but that would, uh, that would have freaked me out. <laughs> Yeah. Now, there is another theory that doesn't seem to get much traction. I've seen it like mentioned here or there, but that it's possible that under his parents, family, whatever, he accidentally died and they covered it up. Um, because remember, they said from jump that there was no way he drowned or wandered off right he, he was for sure abducted and taken out of the park and i mean this could have been true a mother's instinct is real but it could also have been a ploy and honestly i mean thankfully nothing like that ever happened with my kids you know but my if i was camping anywhere let alone a national park that's like huge my first thought if my kid was missing I don't think would go to somebody kidnapped him and took it out of the park I would be freaking out because even though we weren't right at the creek the creek was right there Uh um we were spending time around there you know maybe he got too close or wandered into brush like I my focus I feel like would have been he wandered off and where is he now did he fall did he get hurt did he get swept in the river yeah and i've told you before about we were in nebraska and my daughter got freaked out by fireworks and just she was missing for like 30 minutes and i never it never even in my mind was anything like oh she got abducted it was always where did she go? Where did she wander off to? Right. Like, I feel you could get to the, she could be abducted after you had been like searching for her and couldn't find her anywhere or something. Then I feel like that would, you know, maybe be a logical progression to be like, okay, we searched everywhere, you know, no sign. Like, so maybe this is what happened, but yeah, for them to be saying that first is weird to me. Yeah. I just think that's really strange. Now, I mean, but to my knowledge, the family was never really implicated at all, but I do think it's worth pointing out as a possibility, especially because of the whole 
immediacy of, oh my gosh, she was totally taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think like, um, even nowadays people have such a hard time believing that parents hurt and kill their children, but I mean, yeah. we hear it happen. So I think also, I mean, not saying that they did that and hopefully that's not what happened, but I could imagine in the thirties people being like, that's preposterous. Like oh, yeah, that would never happen. And then just dismissing it out of hand, you know, and not even so, like looking into anything. Well, and like times were different. You know, I talked to my dad and he was born in 1945. So, um, and he was from Nebraska. And if you talk to him back in Nebraska in that time, they didn't have any child molesters, or kidnappers. <laughs> that stuff didn't happen back then. Yeah. And I'm like, what about the Lindbergh baby, dad? He yeah. Was, that was in it. That was that was on the East Coast. It's just because um, people didn't talk about it. No. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like so I I mean it was just a different yeah. time. Well and, and, well, and people just kept everything in the family, you know. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. There was no being open about anything. No. Yeah. So I I hope that's not what happened, but you never know. At this point, I don't know that I can totally discount it. Yeah. Um. Finally, we Uh-oh. need to talk about the slide rock bolter. Because what? you never know. The slide rock boulder is a legendary cryptid. So like Bigfoot style monster that lives in the mountains. How have I never heard of this? Dude, you got to look it up. The picture is amazing. I'm writing this. Macrostoma saxiparumptus. What? Yes. He, they are in Rocky Mountain National Park or any mountain that has an angle greater than 45 degrees. That's, that's oh, well, really specific. Of course. I mean, it's required. Where tourists congregate, you know, like campgrounds. This is like the beginning of an episode of Supernatural. I know, right? So it looks kind of like a big fish or dolphin or something. It's got a big head, small mi- small eyes, a giant mouth, and a fluke tail. So like the oh. like a like a dolphin, and it has hooks on either side of the tail that help it cling to mountains and ridges. Sure. Yeah. And what it does, uh, I, according to <laughs> according to the lumberjacks that originally saw it, is it slurps up tourists. Were those lumberjacks participating in like drinking moonshine, perhaps? Or? Seriously, or like, good grief! Yeah, slurps up tourists. Too. Do me a favor. Are you on your phone right now? Yeah. Okay. When we get off, it's the slide rock bolter. Wow. So, you know, could have been the slide rock bolter. Oh, yeah. Also, people in Colorado swear that they've seen Bigfoot. So, like, you never know. I mean, honestly, I would believe in Bigfoot before I'd believe in the slide rock bolter. Okay, but once you see the picture, it's got like these huge lips and like oh good grief. 
I see see it? it? Oh my god. (laughs) Like, how does that even blend? Oh my gosh. It's and then there are like drawings of it like sliding down the rocks, like it's named. Yeah, but it has to be an angle greater than 45 degrees. Like that was very specific. Wow. Like that's in there. Now I like I don't want to point out that the reports on it are all riddled with spelling inaccuracies. Because you know, it is oh my gosh. So is this also because one of the pictures when I like pull it up is of like a rock slide on the side of the road. So I wonder if this is also something people use to explain rock slides. <laughs> Probably. I had wow. This is wow. You know, those two guys from Silver Plume that disappeared. It could have been the slide rock bolter. I mean, why not? Yeah, when you Google Colorado cryptids, that's one thing that comes up and it makes me giggle when I look at it because it's like... There is so much here. I know, right? The scientific name is Macrostoma... Let's see, Macrostoma sexaparumptus. Parumptus. You know. But since it's got that kind of name, it's got to be real, right? Since it's got a Latin name, sure, it has to be real. Makes it totally legitimate. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Bigfoot probably has one of those names, you know. Oh my gosh! I hope everybody. I mean, we can definitely like include a picture of this on. I mean, we'll have to choose from the plethora of art dedicated to the slide rock bullshit. Right? But we could post one, but I definitely hope people Google this. Yeah, please, please, <laughs> people Google it. Like you you just I really wasn't you have to see this. this much. Yeah, there's a lot. It's there's a lot. a lot. And like it's so weird looking and it's like it looks like it's slumped against a mountain. But like, it looks like an alpine slide with a big mouth and teeth. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It does. And so, you know, could have been, it could have been the slide rock bolter. Wow. Sure. Because it, and this, this is a direct quote. It slurps up tourists. Slurps up tourists. Oh my gosh. So, whenever you're dealing with a disappearance in Colorado, you need to consider the slide rock bolter. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Is that hilarious or what? Yes. I'm totally down this rabbit hole of these pictures. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Artistic renderings. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Give these There's people no, some credit. No actual photographs of this thing. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. I can't believe I never heard of that. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's so much surrounding Rocky Ma- Mountain National Park just because it is a national park. And like yeah. people go out there to like hike and camp. And I mean, it's Colorado. There's weed. Yeah, so no shame in doing more of those, Shauna. I don't think you need to take a break from the national park if you <laughs> if you choose not to. <laughs> no shame in the Rocky Mountain National Park game. Yes. 
yeah i don't i was thinking today though i was doing another one i was like gee i think i'm obsessed there might be something actually wrong with me <laughs> because i keep doing rocky mountain national park ones but there's so much to do yeah i mean that yeah that doesn't surprise me because it is it's so big it is and it's so big yeah it's beautiful too if anybody if if you don't even live in Colorado and you have the chance to go, it's definitely worth it. But I mean, I'm such a huge fan of the national park system anyway. Oh yeah. I love them. So my daughter was doing a um, unit in her American history class on Theodore Roosevelt, who did so much for the national park system. Mm -hmm. And it's just incredible. And reading like his his history with the national parks and there's this picture i don't know if you've seen this picture but it's theodore roosevelt riding a moose through a lake i am not making it <laughs> that, up i believe it that sounds and, and the quote totally right. that somebody attached to it when it circulated on facebook a while ago is you may be cool but you will never be Teddy Roosevelt riding a moose through a lake. Cool. No doubt. Ever. <laughs> and so, I mean, well, and what Colorado a legacy. Is, like, I just think about the, the foresight of that plan, like to leave it for generations and generations and yeah. how much, I mean, I've been going to national parks my entire life. I take my kids. I'm sure you're the same, you know, you mm -hmm. take your kids, you've probably been going your whole life. So even in my own family for generations, we've been able to like appreciate. Oh yeah. Those spaces. I just love it. Well, and they're, you know, for as flat as Nebraska is there are places in Nebraska. There's a, there's a, um, an area called the national grasslands mm -hmm. and it's never been touched by a plow or anything else. And so that's on my bucket list. When you go there, when you look out, so you know when you stare at the ocean you see waves and and stuff that's how yeah. it looks is because the the grass just like that's amazing moves and waves and stuff and so yeah the national park system i mean is just incredible and i love i think i have 900,000 teddy bears and so knowing that Theodore Roosevelt was also sort yeah. of just behind behind that I mean I love it yeah and that so Taft I believe was um well Theodore Roosevelt I believe was Taft's predecessor and so they Oh, wasn't Taft? Who was it? I'm trying to think. Anyway, the next guy, because he was trying to get on the whole teddy bear bandwagon, had a um, tried to do an opossum. Oh. <laughs> uh, nope. No, nope. I just did not. Just no. And there's still some of the opossum stuff out there. I gotta look it up. That's funny. Let me see, because you guys have stuff about this opossum. U.S. presidents. It was 
I know. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, it was Taft. Okay. So Taft, the people who were hyping up Taft decided that teddy bears were so big. They wanted, and the guy's name is William Howard Taft. I think it was like Billy Opossum or something like that. Wow. And it was just like, it was a hard, hard fail. <laughs> I mean, and so, you know, connected with national parks in Colorado is this whole legend. I mean, in Colorado, and I know in other states, but in Colorado, especially with how outdoorsy we are, you know, Theodore Roosevelt is, I mean, it's like, icon- he's iconic here because he created what we all love so much. Yeah. Or helped to create it. And so, um, yeah, I just. Well, and also anybody out there that sees a Taft possum, it's probably worth a Yeah, Billy Opossum is what it was. If you see a Billy Opossum, at least send me a picture. Right. Because (laughs) I, I'm obsessed. I, that's like, that's on my bucket list of something to find someday is like. A Billy Opossum. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like weird much? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So it's not like we get sidelined or anything. I mean, really though, it just there's so many like cool things that lead to other cool things. And I know, I know. <sighs> huh. That was a good one. Sad. Because I, I think he probably never made it out of the park and probably I don't think so either. Yeah. And I have my doubts about the drowning just because of the beaver dams or whatever. But I also don't think he was necessarily kidnapped either. Yeah. Um, I I think. I come down on the side of believing that it was probably an animal attack. Oh, it could have been. I mean, because for me, I think that's what makes the most sense. Although, honestly, I think secondary to that is the fact that his his family might have been involved. Yeah. Only because, like, I don't understand how your first thought is he's for sure been abducted. Yeah, I think that's strange. So if you guys have any theories or ideas, we would love to know. Or if you've seen a slide rock vulture. Yeah. Let us know. Or if you have your own artistic renderings, your fan art of slide rock vultures. Yes. (laughs) Because you're out there. We know you are. You're somewhere. And we want to know you. I can't believe I never heard of that before. I'm totally going to be going down this rabbit hole of the slide rock vulture today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, this All is right. awesome. <laughs> okay, so now for the real downer. Yes. Um, today's missing person is Trinity Williams, and her first name is spelled T-R-I-N-I-T-I. Um, she is 15 years old missing since November 25th of this year from Broomfield, Colorado. Um, She is listed as a biracial female, 
black hair, brown eyes, five feet seven, uh, 150 pounds. And she, that's it. There's no, no information about where she was last seen or anything, which always is a bummer. I mean, you just wish that there was like more information for people to go off of. Um, her NCMEC number is one four zero seven four seven eight, and as always, we'll post her her missing poster on our pages. Yeah, and we will also post a picture of the slide rock bolter. Yes, it's going to be hard to pick which one. I mean, I know <laughs> you do a whole collage. Even when I just googled, I didn't even get to do a deep dive while we were talking about it, and there are a ton. And yeah, wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, well, um, have a happy, prosperous new year. And yes. um, can I keep telling everybody, this is super important. When the clock strikes midnight, everybody needs to yell Jumanji. We just, we have to, we have to yell Jumanji. We've got to get out of this. <laughs> no kidding. But, well, yeah. I will be I will be lifting a glass of my FU twenty twenty sparkling rosé and saying Jumanji. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Personally, I'll probably have a gin and tonic, but oh, it's my favorite. I'll still be I'll still be there. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Stay safe, everybody. We love you so much. Have a great New Year. <laughs>